Soul Sucker Part 2, written by Mike Wood. An alarm clock begins to ring in Ricky's ear as he stares at Misty's face without blinking. The alarm gets louder and louder until he feels someone pulling at his shoulder. He jumps up out of bed in the dark, searching for the light with an indescribable fear sound coming from his closed lips. He flips the light to see Misty laying in the bed, all snuggled in the covers. He walks over to her and puts his hand on her shoulder. Hun, hun, you feel all right? He asks nervously. She opens one eye and answers, I'm sleepy as all. I think we drank a little more than usual with all the commotion going on. You're going to be late if you don't get going, babe. Ricky stands up and looks around, still shaken by his dream. He walks over to the window, peers through the blinds toward the bushes. Ricky begrudgingly proceeds to perform his daily routine of going to the office. At work, he sits at his desk staring blankly toward the computer screen, reliving the nightmare from last night. The sudden ringing phone startles him, snapping him back to reality as he answers the phone he looks at the time, 8 a.m. The customer at the other end of the line is complaining about some service in which a field worker had performed. Just then his cell phone chimes a text. He opens the text. It's a picture from Misty. The picture is of another deer carcass thrown on the riverbank by their dock. He replies to her message with, I think we should just pack up and move. Is it really worth all this? Question mark. The phone chirps again. This time it reads, These hicks aren't running me off my dream property. He types as fast as he can. Sometimes, dear, a dream should just remain a dream. Because within that dream, there are more factors than just our happiness. Chirping again, this time with a gif of a girl with her fingers in the shape of an L on her forehead. He types his reply, Whatever. And returns to the phone where the customer on the other end is still ranting about the terrible service. Ricky chimes in at the first chance. Ma'am, I'll tell you what, we are truly apologetic for your trouble. I will discuss it with my manager and see if we can get your next month's service for free. I know we could never make up for your distress, but with the free voucher for next month, maybe we can restore your faith in us. Ricky puts the phone on hold, picking up his cell phone and searches for a perfect gif to respond to Misty's cruelty. He smiles as he comes across a baby with a heart pillow in one hand and pointing to the camera blowing a kiss on the other hand. He returns to the phone call with the customer. Yes ma'am, I have approved it with my manager for your next month of services on us. Thank you and have a great day. Again, I apologize for your trouble. Goodbye. Ricky returns home to find Misty cleaning the spot from the hedges. She continuously looks to the house, then back to the bush as she cuts away with the clippers. Ricky walks up to her and asks, What are you doing, love? She continues as she replies, I just want to be able to see the ass jack from the window so I can catch him in the act. Act of what? asks Ricky. She pauses and stares at him sarcastically, then continues and she says, Him throwing the dead shit all over the yard, what do you think? Ricky walking away. Maybe he threw it in the river and it floated to the bank, babe. She shouts as he walks away. We live upstream from him, dipshit. It would go the other way. Without turning his head, he yells back, Maybe an animal dragged it up then. Ricky walks inside, searches the fridge, then pops the top on a brew. He takes notice of a boat drifting downstream quietly. It's Harmon staring intently at the fray of Misty clipping the hedges, then throwing them into a pile. She points the cutters at Ricky and reminds him that he still has that dead thing to get off the bank at the dock. Ricky retrieves his shovel from the shed, then makes his way down the bank. Along the side of the bank, he sees the carcass. He looks upon the deer, the insides removed from the ribcage, the hind end of the empty flesh drifting in the water as the waves bobble it up and down. He notices the empty eye sockets. The void makes his stomach turn. Ricky looks away, but the image is still there when he closes his eyes. 
He flips the deer head over to find the other eye socket is just as empty and horrifying. He scoops the shovel underneath the body. The jerking reveals the tongue hanging from the side of the mouth. Trying to balance the entire deer on the shovel proved to be more difficult than he had thought, and the deer slams to the ground, the head upside down now. He looks away, but not before noticing the empty rib cage with the slimy transparent film over all the bones. He begins to gag on the new smell the carcass is now emitting. Hurriedly, he maneuvers the deer back onto the shovel and makes haste toward the new pet cemetery at the corner of the lot. Ricky returns to the house to find Misty walking to the dock carrying a container of worms with a fishing pole over her shoulder. Going fishing? He asked. No, I'm making counterfeit money. The pole and worms are just my disguise to throw off the government. She continues down the hill before he could respond. He returns to the shed putting away the shovel, then proceeds inside to grab a couple of beers, a lantern, and a fishing net. As he approaches with the lantern, Misty instructs him to turn it off. She reels in a small fish. Ricky grabs a large pole from the boat and says to her, Let me have that guy. We can use him for bait. He removes it from the hook, putting it on the larger rod. He casts the rod to the center of the river. They sit in the dark, whispering upon themselves about work and current events, when suddenly two male figures appear on the dock down the river, just barely in sight. Misty and Ricky instantly freeze to prevent them from being noticed by the men as they eavesdrop on the conversation the two obviously intoxicated men are having. Misty whispers back to Ricky and asks, Is that Harmon? Ricky whispers back, I can't tell. Intelligible sounds coming from the men appear to be slurs, when suddenly the larger of the two men rear back and punches the smaller, chunky man in the face, causing him to fall back off the dock. The chunky man splashes in the water as he attempts to lift himself back to the dock. The larger man reaches down, grabbing the smaller man's hair, and dips his head under the water, holding him there. Ricky stands, and just as he begins to yell, Misty puts her hand over his mouth and instructs him, Just wait. Ricky looks confusingly down at his wife as she pulls him back to his seat in the dark, her hand still over his mouth. The smaller man kicks out, swimming around the dock and walking up the bank and out of sight. The larger man takes a seat on the dock overlooking the water, slumping into the seat as he passes out drunk. Misty and Ricky still staring intently at the lifeless man, after a few minutes of silence from their commotion, they resume the conversation they were having. Ricky notices something in the water. He points to a figure as he bumps Misty to take notice. What is it? She asks. It looks like a head drifting slowly toward the dock. The large man is passed out on it. The figure swims to the back of the dock and lifts itself out of the water. As the figure comes into sight, it's obvious it's a woman. She walks stalkingly up behind the man, pulling something from her shorts. She grabs the man by his hair, pulling his head back, and slams a knife deep into his neck. Even in the dark, you can see the squirts of blood that's spewing from his neck. Misty screams uncontrollably in horror. Ricky grabs her arm and pulls her close. The figure of the woman turns their way. She puts the knife in her pants, pushes her victim's body into the water as she dives in and disappears. Ricky fumbles for his phone, but as usual, he has no service. He drops the phone as Misty jerks his arm as she's reaching for him in the dark. The couple race up the bank, back to the house. Ricky searches through the blinds for any trace of the horror that they had just witnessed. Misty pacing up and down the hall, murmuring sounds through her hands that cover her face. A voice rings out from the riverbank. Yoo-hoo! Ricky and Misty race to the window which overlooks the area. The female figure standing holding the cell phone he had dropped at the center of the dock. Ricky yells out to her. What do you want? We didn't see anything. Misty slaps at him, her facial expression letting him know what he said was the wrong thing. 
The female figure throws the lit phone to the center of the river, a splash as the light disappears in the depth. The female covers her mouth as she turns to them. Oops. Then she darts off into the darkness. Misty turns to Ricky. What do we do? Where's your phone at, Misty? She looks to the dock. It was in my cup holder, down there. Ricky rushes to the jewelry box to fetch the key to the safe. Opening the safe, he hands the gun to her. You remember how to use this. Taking the gun, she says, Just point and shoot. It's a revolver, silly. She reaches down, grabbing the only six shells they have. As she loads the gun, she looks down at him disappointed. Looking up in a defeated voice, he only muttered, Oh. He stands checking the windows in all corners of the house. I'm going after the phone. You lock the door. I'll be right back. Calmly, she grabs a knife from the cutlery and says, Here, you take the gun. I got this if anyone comes up here. He takes the gun. After taking one more look out the window, he darts out into the darkness. As he approaches the dock, rustling from the ivy next to him startles him. He jumps and makes a screeching sound as the possum darts from the ivy up the bank. Oh! As he reaches the ramp to the dock, he scours the darkness, knowing that there is no cover after he steps forward. He proceeds cautiously when suddenly Misty screams out, Behind you! Ricky's heart drops from his chest. He freezes, then turns and fires two shots from the gun. He frantically searches, pointing the gun in all directions. But there is only darkness. Misty yells down to him, pointing to the darkness. She went that way. Now hurry, grab the phone and get back up here. Ricky races down the ramp to the chair, searching the cup holders of both chairs. A voice from the darkness. You think I'm stupid, city boy? A glow from the phone screen as it flies over his head, landing in the water behind him. He looks to the water just as he hears feet scampering hurriedly down the ramp. He turns just in time to see the shimmering of the knife blade heading for him. He raises the gun to shoot, but she's on him too fast. The lady thrusts the knife deep into his shoulder, causing him to drop the gun. The blade enters the meaty part under his shoulder blade. He grabs her with the other hand, forcing her into the water. To his surprise, there wasn't much of a splash. He reaches down to grab the knife. But before he could grab it, she rose from the depths and snatches the knife before disappearing under the water. Ricky does one last look around, picks up the gun, and shoots the remaining rounds into the water where the bubbles had risen. Ricky races back to the house, Misty waiting, opens the door as he arrives. Oh shit, babe, are you okay? What happened? He chuckled as he replied. Uh, yeah, the game warden wanted to see our fishing license. I told him that I was a doctor performing an experimental surgery. She instructed him to sit as she grabbed the first aid kit. I heard you shooting. Did you get her? He looked at her face. I don't know. She was underwater. Maybe. She sticks the last of the tape on the gauze. What do you mean you don't know? That was the last of the ammo. He yelled back. Well, you shoot her next time. He gets up, putting the keys in his pocket. Let's get the hell out of here. She grabs her purse as they dart out the door. Just as the locked door slams, the lights go out. Ricky whispers as he points away from the house. The power's on that corner of the house. They must be over there. Let's go this way. Misty quietly follows behind him. They watch from the gate area as a chubby figure circles in front of the house, then into the darkness behind. Ricky points and whispers. Here's our chance. Ricky points the remote at the car, pushing the unlock button, but the lights didn't flash as usual. They continue forward. He puts the key in the lock and opens the door, turns the key in the ignition. Nothing. He looks at the hood, noticing it is not completely shut. He races lifting the hood to see that the wires are cut. As he closes the hood, a male voice, Uh-uh-uh. Stay right there, boy. Don't you move one of those stupid city muscles. Ricky puts his hand up as he notices Harmon holding a knife to Misty's throat. What do you want? Take anything. Just don't hurt her. Harmon looks perplexed. Tell me something. Why do y'all always put your hands up like that? Even in the movies they do that. I've never figured it out. 
He walks over to Ricky and holds Misty by her hair and punches him in the mouth with the butt of the knife. That's for shooting my fiance, you asshole. Now come on. As they walk in the dark, Harmon calls out. I got him, sweet cheeks. As he pokes the knife at his back, Misty walks along beside Harmon. As they position to walk along the small bridge over the creek, Misty knocks Harmon off the bridge. Her and Ricky dart off making their way back, passing their house continuing into the woods. Headlights soon follow with spotlights searching the woods on both sides of the drive to the street. The headlights turn around, heading back toward them. They duck down behind a bush. One of the spotlights pass right by them. Then all the lights go dark. Footsteps begin to walk toward them. Misty jerks Ricky's hand, and they run back toward the house. Only this time they pass the house, entering the hedges. Ricky stops, pulling her back to him. What are you doing? That's, that's their house. She looks into his eyes. Exactly. They'll never expect it. We will grab one of that idiot's guns. Come on, we don't have long. Outside the house, the sound of cartoons ring out from the lit living room. Misty opens the front door. The self-proclaimed seven-year-old demon looks up from the TV, then back. What do you want? Misty replies. Is your mommy and daddy home? I done told you, you stupid bitch. He ain't my daddy. And they're not here. Misty hesitantly walks up the hall. Mind if I use your bathroom? Ours is broken. The little girl replies. Ain't my house. Help yourself. Misty points to the kids and mouths silently to Ricky. You watch them. She turns, then disappears down the hall. Ricky anxiously stands biting his nails, noticing the blood that's been dripping down his arm. The self-proclaimed demon turns to Ricky and says, She stabbed you, didn't she? You know that means you're gonna die. Ricky shocked replies, Who? Who stabbed me? I, I fell on a stake. She looks annoyed at him. Whatever, you just look in the freezer. That's what she'll take from you. Ricky walks through the freezer and opens the door, then slams it shut quickly. Misty returns, noticing the horrified look on her husband's face. She rushes over. What is it? Ricky slowly opens the door to reveal hundreds of eyeballs stacked in neat rows of matching pairs. She backs off, heading for the door, with Ricky following close behind her. They run to Greg's trailer. They quietly knock at the door, but no answer. Misty turns the handle to find that it's not locked. She shines the flashlight that she had gotten from Harmon's house. Inside, they search empty rooms until they get to the end of the hall. The master bedroom where there is two people lying in the bed facing one another. Ricky puts his hand on Greg's shoulder and gently rolls him towards him. As he turns, ants and maggots begin to flow from the empty eye sockets. Ricky lets go and rushes out of the room. He turns to Misty. We've got to get out of here. They rushed out of the trailer and then headed back into the woods. In the darkness, every sound is magnified by 1,000. Owls hooing in the night, grasshoppers and frogs drown out the desperate thought. Misty hears footsteps behind them and stops. Looking back, she doesn't realize that Ricky has continued on. She whispers out, but there's no response. Suddenly, from the distance, she hears frantic voices. Then Ricky cries out, Run! She remains still, picks up a stick, and then throws it as far as she can. A voice from ahead whispers, She went that way. Footsteps disappear into that direction. Misty sneaks towards the voice, ahead by the truck she sees, Harmon holding Ricky down with his knees on his arms, keeping him pinned down. Harmon's fiance walks from behind the truck carrying a knife. She kneels down next to Ricky and begins to force his eye open with her two fingers. Those are going to look real nice on the third row. I have another set just like them. She digs the knife into Ricky's eye socket. He screams and squirms under the heavy man. Misty sneakily comes from around the truck and stabs the lady in the back. The lady stands up as if nothing had happened and says, There you are, bitch. Those are the ones I've been waiting for. Your little beady eyes remind me of my mother. She's watching me from your eyes. I know she is. That's right, Mama. I'm going to pull the judgmental eyes right out of her head. 
You're not gonna watch over me now, bitch. You damn sure didn't while that gross bastard you let have his way with me all them years. Urgh! Lunging forward, Misty knocks the knife away. She points the long blade she found at Harmon's towards them. Harmon stands up. Misty points the knife at him and yells, You get your ass off him! Harmon stands up. Both he and his fiance slowly step forward. Misty yells out, Look here, you soul-sucking freak. One more step and... Soul Sucker answers back. You what? There's two of us, city girl. Misty puts the knife to her eye. I'll slash your mama's eyes in too. No more souls for you to suck on, you Soul Sucker. Soul Sucker lifts her hand. Wait, don't do nothing hasty. Soul Sucker lunges forward, grabbing the knife. Misty and Soul Sucker roll around as Harmon tries to get a hold. Ricky lifts from nowhere and plunges the knife that Misty had knocked away from Soul Sucker deep into Harmon's back. Ricky turns to come at him. Harmon puts his arms around Ricky, picking him up off the ground in a bear hug. Just as Ricky runs out of air, he turns the knife sideways and pushes it with all he has left into Harmon's lung. Both men fall to the ground. Ricky, with blood pouring from his eye, now stands up, pulling the knife from Harmon as he turns to see Soul Sucker atop Misty, pushing the knife toward Misty's face as Misty is holding with all her might. Ricky picked up a large rock and slammed it in the back of Soul Sucker's head as she fell. Misty pushed her to the side, causing Soul Sucker to roll onto her back, looking straight up. Misty rushes to Ricky, putting her hand over his eye. I'm so sorry, love. If I had only kept up. Ricky looks to his caring wife. It was the game worn again. They are very persistent. They both turn back to Soul Sucker. The little self-proclaimed demon is kneeling next to her. The little girl pulls the eyes open with her fingers. Oh, I got these. 